0: Elijah the Bible says was a man just like us and we are seeing him at a very precarious time. We look at when we speak of Elijah we look at a man who is mighty who is one of the mightiest prophets of the Old Testament and not just a prophet but a miracle worker an extraordinary miracle worker but at this moment Elijah is at his weakest. What we've seen this far is a story where Elijah has been chased by his own queen, the queen Jezebel, who's the queen of the Israelites, and his life is threatened. And this is the first time probably that Elijah is afraid. He he fears his life and he runs away. Runs away from the call of God, runs away from his purpose. And he's at the wilderness. That is what we looked at uh, last week. You know, and there were four reasons why he ran. There were four reasons. We looked at those four reasons. Just a quick reminder without dwelling too much into it. Uh, if you missed last uh, Sunday's sermon, it is available on audio. Please grab it. And I'm going to just conclude the message from last Sunday. So, we looked at four reasons. One was loneliness. The second was failure. The third was aimlessness. And the fourth was fear. These were four reasons why Elijah had uh, was gripped with fear. And uh, you know, why he lost his plot. And today we are going to look at the story. So let's just pray and come at this time to the Lord and then uh, expect that the Lord will speak to us. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful morning, Lord. Thank you for reminding us what a good God you are. Thank you for reminding us of that precious trade that you did for our sake, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord, as we're partaking in the communion, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you truly gave your body and shed your blood for our sins. We so value that, Lord. We are so grateful for your relationship. We are so grateful for your word. We pray as we look at it right now, Lord, may your word come alive. May your word speak into our hearts, Lord. Be within. I pray, Lord, as we go through different challenges and circumstances, Lord, we, we Lord, we, we somehow feel that we are in the same boat like Elijah. We pray, Lord, that you will minister to us the way you minister to Elijah. We pray this in your precious name, Lord Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Wonderful. So moving on, uh, we read for the first four verses. We looked at first four verses. We're going to now read from verse 5 onwards. 1 Kings chapter 19 and I'm reading from verse 5 onwards. It says, Then Elijah lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around And there by his head was some bread, baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And now they are trying to kill me too. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. I'm gonna stop here on verse 12. From verse 13 onwards, it takes a dramatic turn. And we will look at that next Sunday. Right? So look at what has happened. Okay, so just quickly quick recap. Elijah is exhausted, he's tired, he's down, he's out, he's frustrated, he's made a prayer, kill me, Lord, I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm no better than my ancestors. So I'm no good. I'm good for nothing. And then he's so frustrated. He's so tired. He's so exhausted. He just falls asleep. This is not the kind of sleep that you get after having achieved success. This is the kind of frustrated sleep. This is the kind of sleep that you feel after dejected. You're know, you distraught. And he's fast asleep. You feel so sad for Elijah brothers and sisters, don't you? You know, here is a man of God who is seen great highs and extraordinary wonders and here he is in an abject state in a state that you feel so sorry for him so what happens next we are at a point of the story where it is quite depressing this is not the time to take an interval actually it is time for shodai why because god is now going to come and of all this from verse one onward from the time elijah ran In the presence of the Lord, when it rained, and then he got this message. From the time he got this message till this very moment of the story, let's live this story. God has been silent. God hasn't said anything to him. God has not even, thankfully, answered his prayer of kill me. Imagine a lightning bolt coming from heaven and striking Elijah. You want to die? Boom! There you go. You know uh, the uh, the joke is the parody is. And Elijah never died. Even though he prayed, Lord, kill me. Elijah is one of the only two people under the sun who never died. You know, one is Enoch and one is Elijah. They were taken alive into heaven. You see, so God has his own sense of humor. So what happens next? Why am I saying show time? Is because now you will see God putting up his own show. You know, And by the end of the message, you'll be convinced uh, the show that God put up for Elijah. So what we are looking at is the God of Elijah. You know, brothers and sisters, when we look at the story in the Bible, we must remember one thing. Who is the hero in the Bible? It is the God of the Bible. It is His Son. It is His Spirit. It is the triune God who are the heroes of the Bible. Yes, there are great men of faith and women of faith. We see Elijah. We see Moses. We see Noah. We see David. We see Jeremiah, Nehemiah, Peter, Paul. You know, the, the town goes on. But The stories of the Bible are not about Noah. It is about the God of Noah. It is not about David. It is about the God of David. It is not about Elijah. It is about the God of Elijah. So, brothers and sisters, I present to you the God of Elijah. Get excited because what's coming up is showtime. It's going to be an extraordinary show from God. There are three things. There are three ways God revealed himself to Elijah. And I believe we are in a similar boat. We are in a similar situation like Elijah. And look at these three ways. Bear this in mind. You know, don't forget that these are three ways that God can reveal himself to us. So let's be prepared. Let's anticipate that God will come and meet with us the way he met with Elijah. So the first thing, what do you see? How does God come and reveal himself to Elijah? He comes and comforts Elijah. Hallelujah. He doesn't strike Elijah with a lightning bolt. He doesn't rebuke Elijah. He just comes and comforts him. He sympathizes with Elijah. He knows Elijah is at his weakest moment. My friends, we are living in weird times. We are living in times where wives can't hug their husbands. Children can't kiss their parents. Friends can't shake hands with one another. We are living in masked times. These are unrealistic times where everyone is so far from us, right? The other day when I went to Hug Jacqueline, she said, uh uh social distancing, social distancing, <laughs> yes, 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 social distancing, you know, that has become so tough. You can't meet your friends and everyone seems so far. In this time when everyone is so far, yes, who is near? The Lord is near. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. What a beautiful verse this is there. Eh? Psalm 145 verse 18, my friends. The Bible says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. My friends, God is not social distancing with you. He's not far off. He's near. In fact, James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Isn't that comforting to know that whatever we go through, we are very similar in our situation like Elijah. We feel we are threatened. He was threatened by Jezebel. We are threatened by a virus. He is all alone. We are Most of us are all alone. Of course, we've got our families. But some of us are alone. Locked inside our homes. Who is with us? Everyone is far. But remember the Lord is near. If we call on him. He is near to all who call on him in truth. Isn't that a profound verse? Isn't that comforting? While speaking on comfort, look at what the Bible says. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, in our times of sorrow and pain, we have a God who comforts us. Isn't that wonderful? do we remember how our mothers comforted us? How they poured their love when we were hurt, when we were in pain, when we fell down, when our hearts were broken. Our mothers were around us to comfort us, to tell us all is well. Don't worry, to give us food to eat. We'll come to food. Yeah, That's the exciting part, right? That's coming up soon. But look at this verse. I was so delighted when I read this. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Isaiah 66 verse 13. Do you feel the comfort of God? My friends, in this time, God understands we are going through so much doubts. We are even doubting his goodness. God is not rebuking us. Because Elijah went through that. He was like, where are you Lord? Why don't you strike Jezebel? Either kill her or kill me. I have had enough. And look at what God does. God just simply comes and comforts Elijah. He's not rebuking Elijah. Jesus said this to his followers. He said, I will pray to the Father. And he shall give you another comforter. What does another mean? He himself was a comforter to his disciples, right? So there you go, the Father is the comforter, the Son is the comforter, and the Spirit is the comforter. And I love the next line. It says that he may abide with you forever. Hallelujah! We have the Holy Spirit as a comforter, brothers and sisters. In these times, we have the Spirit with us, on us, in us, to comfort us. To say, I am there. In Hindi. You know, he's there with us. He's standing by our side. He understands. He sympathizes with us. You know, sometimes people feel God is like a boss. You have failed. What a miserable man you are, Elijah. You should have stood up to that woman. You should be ashamed that you're running away from a woman. I, can, I don't want to sound like a misogynist, but I'm just saying, you know. You are afraid of a queen, a Sidonian queen. You are Elijah. Man up. Man up. God didn't blare from the heavens saying, this is my prophet in whom I am displeased. God didn't say that. God didn't look at Elijah and say, Elijah, I thought you were a hulk. I thought you were the all powerful hulk. But you are an old sulk. You are the incredible sulk Elijah. God didn't didn't say that, my friends you will see how God is going to treat Elijah with such tenderness with such love why because God knows our weaknesses look at this verse 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear isn't that amazing there are two things in this verse if you notice first he knows how much you can bear a and B He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He knows your capacity. He knows your capacity, Joshua. He knows your capacity, Chandni. He knows your capacity, John. He knows your capacity, Mark. We've got John and Mark with us. Hallelujah. He knows your capacity, Abhishek. He knows your capacity, Nathan. God knows our capacity, brothers and sisters. He knows what we can bear. And this is his promise. He will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. God wanted to remind Elijah, Elijah, I know your breaking point, my friend. People may look at you as a mighty, mighty man, but I know your breaking point. I have not brought you to that breaking point. That's his promise. He will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. We have a God who comforts us. We have a God who sympathizes with us. Hallelujah. Please remember this point, brothers and sisters. as you go through challenging times, as we see the world falling apart, as we hear news after news, let's remind ourselves that we have a God who sympathizes and a God who comforts. The second thing, let's see how God revealed himself to Elijah. The second thing we see, eat, drink and sleep. The moment I put this, I thought of Renu. Eat, birth, numb. Whatever her ID is. You know, eat, drink and sleep. Wait a minute. When you are at your lowest ebb, when life is hurting, what do you want to do? You want to binge. You are hungry. You want to just eat, drink and sleep. You are know? like, let the world get lost. Yeah? I don't care. I just want to relax. I just want to hide. I just want to dive into a bucket of Baskin and Robbins. Right? You want to just eat. Because food is such a comfort thing. You know, have you heard of comfort food? I'm sure you have. Right? This time where Elijah's is hurting and he's gone asleep. Poor guy's hungry. He's been running for 50 kilometers. And what does God do? God doesn't come and give him a lecture. He doesn't tell him, Elijah, you need to man up there. Come on what a disgusting prayer that was. I'm going to write that down in the annals. Okay, people will read it for years to come. You should be ashamed. He doesn't say that. What does God do? He feeds him, he offers him drink. You see, if there is any man under the sun, any man who saw God's sovereign provision, it was this man called Elijah. We all remember, right, in 1 Kings 18. God, 1 Kings 17, 18, we see God's sovereign provision over this man. God fed him through the ravens. Hallelujah! When Elijah was all alone, what did God do? He provided the nature to him He provided the brook as water and the ravens. For one year, one full year, the ravens came in the morning and in the evening. And they provided for Elijah. And if that was not enough and the brook dried up, then guess what? God used men. God sent a, an unlikely candidate, the widow of Zarephah, who had little oil and little flour. And for two years, that little oil and little flour was replenished every day. Every day. God said, Elijah, my son, I'm going to feed you. Ficker not. And along with you, even the widow and her son will be fed. Till the rain doesn't come. Till that very moment, God kept feeding Elijah. Three and a half years sovereign provision, whether it was nature or whether it was human being. But now, God is going to up the temple. Guess who's coming next? It is the angel. Elijah has his own golden Ramsay with wings. Hallelujah. He's got the angel as a chef. Angel. My wife is saying Nichella Lawson. Okay, Nichella Lawson with wings. All right. And what does the angel do? The angel provides food. Hot food. Hot food. Oh, how we love that, right? Bread on hot coals. Garma, garam, khana. For Elijah. There is a jar of water and Elijah's food in Job. Eat. Hot cross buns. So what if you don't have money? God is providing for free. Hallelujah! Not one a penny, not two a penny. This is straight from the heaven's kitchen. This is celestial food. Hallelujah! This food, of course, human food provided through celestial sources. I want you to look at these three sources quickly. The first one, ravens and brook. What does that stand for? That stands for nature. Remember this because I'm going to come back to it. The second, a human source. The widow of Zarephal. The third, a celestial source, which is an angelic visitation. Isn't that amazing? Three different words for providing for Elijah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Brothers and sisters, that is the God we serve. He will provide sovereignly. You see, I always tell people when I'm training, I tell them, when I'm talking of faith, I tell them, I know for sure God will provide. I don't know absolutely no clue how God will provide. Amen. If you tell me will God provide, I will say yes, absolutely. I have uh, witnessed God's provision, sovereign provision. How He will provide for you, I have no clue, because He is creative even in His provision. Who would have imagined that crows are going to feed Elijah? Who would have imagined? Who could have imagined that a poor widow, not a rich? king or a prince, a poor widow who would feed Elijah for two years. And who could have imagined that an angel would feed Elijah? Hallelujah! is that wonderful? God will use any and every source. He is so creative. But remember, whatever the resource, he is the ultimate source brother the ancestors. Amen. And after having fed him, what does God offer him? Sleep. Sleep. Sleep, eat, drink, sleep, eat, drink. Isn't that wonderful? One of my wife's favorite verses, Psalm 127, verse 2. The Lord grants sleep to those he loves. Hallelujah. Amen. God understands Elijah's hurting deep within. He's disappointed, Probably disappointed in God. And God says, it's time to sleep over. Sleep over this. Relax. Chill. You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes people have been asking me recently, why are we fasting? You I mean, has done everything in the last two months except fasting. Isn't that strange? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I was with the leaders of commission. And a couple of leaders said, you know, I think as a as commission churches, we should fast. And I was quiet. I didn't say a word. And uh, Vino was quiet and he didn't say a word. And uh, the matter got dropped. And I was chatting with Vino, I said, Vino, you know what? I don't know if this sounds spiritual at all, but I don't think this is a season of fasting. And he laughed. And I said, I'll tell you why. I've been doing a study on Elijah. I think God understands. God understands that we are not in a position to discipline ourselves. In fact, he doesn't want us to, brothers and sisters. You know the difference between having a relationship with God and operating under a religion is what? People still went through Rosa. They still went because they had to. April was rosa time. So what? God doesn't care. It is rosa to so Rakhna Padega Rosa. you have to. There is no option because that is religion. If it is mentioned, you better do it. But that is not how it is with our God brothers and sisters. Our God it leads us by his spirit. Amen. Amen. He doesn't have a role. Of course you have to fast. God understood. Elijah was a man who fasted. In fact next you will see next Sunday he's going to run for 40 days and 40 nights without food. Many would say that is a kind of a fasting that Elijah had. He was so blessed with the food that God provided that he could run for 40 days and 40 nights. We will look at that next Sunday a little more closely. But this was not the time. Live in the moment of the story brothers and sisters. This was not the time that God wanted him to fast. And I don't feel in my spirit, you might see what kind of spiritual leader this guy is, but I really don't feel. I feel we must pray. I feel we will be fasting in July. I believe that. That is the time we fast. And I believe this is going to be a very special season. Upcoming season of prayer and fasting. But this time, I don't feel in my spirit that God wants mercy. our church to pray and fast. In fact, if anything, rejoice in hearing this. That God wants you to eat. God wants you to drink. That is why we are providing rations to people. Why? Because eat, drink and sleep. These are precious times. So that you will know that he is Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. God who loves to feed you. How does that sound? (laughs) That sounds good, doesn't it? God loves to feed me. God loves to feed you. Friends and sisters, God delights. But man, the reason He created man with hunger is so that He can satisfy us with the choicest of meals. There is a feast lined up even in heaven. All you guys get excited. who love food. God loves to feed us. Amen. As much as we believe in fasting, we believe in feasting. Welcome to Messiah Church. Amen. It's one of our core doctrines fasting and feasting. There is a time to fast and there is a time to feast. Brothers and sisters, God wants us to be nourished in this time. That is why we have not fasted. We've prayed and we've emphasized on prayer and we will continue to do that. But I really don't feel this is the time to fast. Just wanted to say that, clarify that with all of you. You know how often we've quoted this verse, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So often I have been guilty of looking at the first five words. I can do all things. So often my focus has been, I can do all things. But this time when I was studying, I felt God saying, "Raul, can you look at the lower bid also? Through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. It is Christ's brothers and sisters who strengthened Elijah. It is Christ who is strengthening us. In our weakest moments, in our dullest moments, in our tentative moments, God is feeding us. He is strengthening us.
1: Rejoice
0: in that. Rejoice in that that we have a God who strengthens us when we are weak. Can I hear an Amen? Thank you. The third and the last point. I am doing well in terms of time, I guess. But this this is an important point. So first, God sympathized with Elijah. He comforted him. Second, God provided for Elijah. He knew what Elijah needed at that moment. And being such a sensitive God that he is, he fed him. He gave him drink. He allowed him to sleep. And then repeat. God said, no, you need more. You need more, Elijah. Eat more. Drink more. Sleep more. Enjoy. Relax. And then comes the third one. I love this. Look at what God does. Now, if you saw the passage that I read, God was now going to show Elijah who he is. So guess what comes first? First comes a wind. Not a gentle breeze, but a wind, a powerful wind that splits the rocks and shatters it. Imagine that. Imagine, it's like a hurricane. It is like a twister. It has split the rocks. You're wondering. Wait a minute, isn't Elijah scared enough? Why all this shenanigan? Wait a minute, it's not over. As the wind passes by, the Bible says God was not in the wind. Second is earthquake. Can you imagine? You are Elijah, and the ground underneath has split, cracked open, broken. It's like you know some kind of a cardboard piece that gets broken. I pray that none of us encounter these storms or earthquakes, but if those who have, I remember going to Nepal and seeing, I, just was, I was visiting Nepal a few few months after their earthquake. And as soon as I landed in Kathmandu, everything was devastating. There were temples that had toppled, there were buildings that were in ruins. There was such a sorry plight. even their sea was you know felt the earthquake, the tremors. That is what Elijah has encountered. And if that was not enough, if the wind and the earthquake was not enough, there is fire. Elijah is not unfamiliar with fire. He has called upon fire and fire has come. And you will see later, much later in 2 Kings chapter 1, Elijah will again call on fire and fire will come. So if it is safe to call him the fiery prophet, But this is not what he was expecting. There is fire all around. Now you are wondering, wait a minute, if God was not in the wind, if God was not in the earthquake and God was not in the fire, then with all due respect, why all the show? So that Elijah will know that his God is El Shaddai, a name that is repeated most often when addressing God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. El Shaddai means God of power. God is almighty, brothers and sisters. Elijah was so blinded by all that was happening around him. Look at his report. He's saying, Lord, I am the only one left. The prophets are killed and the altars are shattered. The enemy is looking so big. Lord, where are you? And you lost control? And God wanted to remind Elijah. Put his sleeve up, remove his shirt and show him. Don't we do that? Yeah? You see our heroes doing that, right? When they rip off their shirts, they want to show what they are made of, what's inside. I think this is the time where God wants to show Elijah. Elijah, you are talking to God. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Psalm 147 verse 5 brothers and sisters. It was God showing Elijah, Elijah, you were talking to God. What are you reporting to me? This has happened, that has happened. Next Sunday you will see Elijah had falsified data. His information was wrong. But before he knows that, God wants to show him what God is made of. This is God, my friends, that Elijah was talking to. And God wanted him to show. You are scared of Jezebel? If there is anyone you need to be scared of, fear him and him alone, Jesus said. Hallelujah! Do not fear them who have the power to throw your body into hell. Who can destroy your body. But fear him who has the power to cast your soul and your body into eternal hell. God is powerful, brothers and sisters. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. I think Elijah needed a reminder that it was what was Jezebel and what was Ahab when God was on Elijah's side. Greater was God that his will was with Elijah than Jezebel or Ahab or even the whole Israelite army. God was with Elijah. God is with us. Then who can be against us? God wanted to remind Elijah, Elijah, look at who I am. Before you look at all your problems, before you complain to me, I want you to see me in the true light. This is who I am. You know, we sang, we sing that song, when I look into your holiness, when I gaze upon your loveliness, when all things that surround become shadows in the light of Friends, all that surrounded Elijah was nothing but a shadow in the light of who God was. Amen. Amen. God wanted to see Elijah. Seeing Elijah, remove your eyes from where you fix them. You are looking at Jezebel and you are looking at the altars, smashed altars, and you are looking at the other prophets. Look at me, Elijah. This is who I am. I am the great I am. God did that time again. Whether it was with Moses. When Pharaoh thought he was all powerful. He was the boss of Egypt. God sent a shepherd. A shepherd who had been in obscurity for 40 years. God sent him to show Pharaoh who's the boss. Who's the boss? <laughs> it is God Almighty. He parted the Red Sea to show Pharaoh and Moses and all the Israelites, his almighty power, that he is El Shaddai. When the great king Darius thought that he could right the fate of Daniel by throwing him in the lion's den, it was God who showed up to tell Darius that Darius may be the king of Persia, but the God of Daniel is the king of kings. The Lord of Lords, he shut the mouth of lions to show the Lord is El Shaddai. Hallelujah! When the Israelites were panicking against a giant of a man, even the king Saul was trembling at the very sight of Goliath, a ten-footer giant, a man who had never lost in battle. God needed shepherd boy with a sling and a stone. Hallelujah! To show Goliath and the Philistine That he is the God of Israel. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is my fortress. Amen. Amen. God is with us my friends. And the greatest display of Jesus' power was when Jesus stretched out and said quiet be calm. It was a check for the disciples to know that the rabbi was not just a gentle teacher teaching on love. He was the all-powerful Son of God. If you look at that picture very carefully, you will see the boat is not filled with disciples. Look at that picture really carefully if you can zoom. It is filled with people like you and me. Did you notice that? I took hard to get that picture. It is a reminder, brothers and sisters, that even today, Jesus is in our boats. He was there in the boat with the disciples. As he is in our boat, people like you and me, whether you are in Binder, Uttan or U.S., whether you are in RCK or Chambur, I want to remind you, Jesus is in our boat and he is powerful enough to stop every, every force. Every force. The greatest display of God's power was when he rose Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah! And everyone thought, even Satan thought, it is all over. That's it. We have crucified the Messiah. We have killed him. We are done with him. God said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Three days later, he caused his son to rise again. Amen. Jesus is alive, brothers and sisters. Jesus is alive. We can put our faith in him because he died for our sins. But we can put our faith in him because he's alive today. He rose from the dead and he sits at the right hand of God. I hope you remember this. I know we are looking at reports and news and everything around us is falling apart. Can we lift our eyes to the hills? Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord God Almighty. Revelation 4.8 says, the elders and the angels bow before him saying, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Amen. Amen. We have Almighty God who does not come in the wind or the storm or the earthquake or the fire. He comes in a whisper. You're like, wait a minute. So all that was just to make Elijah realize who God is. Yes. But now God is going to whisper. What is going to whisper? We will look at next Sunday. Three things we looked at this morning. How God ministered to Elijah. Now three things God is going to speak to Elijah which we will look at next Sunday. But just very quickly on whisper. I want to end by saying this. Who do you whisper to? Who do you whisper to? You often whisper to those you love. Have you seen those lovey-dovey couples whispering into each other's ears? Oh, cheeky that sounds. newly yeah? really married or going to be married, those in love, they whisper nothings. things. Just something romantic probably. Have you seen children whisper, oh my they look so cute, they are hiding things, no? they are sharing things with their best friends. Oh, you secrets you whisper to those you trust and you whisper so that the secret can be kept zipped right you zip it my friends god has that intimacy with us he whispers to us he whispers saying i am with you fear not as you open your bibles i want you to hear it The Whisper of God. You know, Mumbai is a chaotic city. It just doesn't feel like we are in Mumbai right now, don't we? It feels like we are in another world. I have never in my 45 years of life seen Mumbai so quiet. All the bells jarring and the crackers going off and all the noise. It is an eerie silence. Praise God for the silence. But in the midst of silence, I pray and hope that we all hear the whisper from God when he whispers to say, I am with you, I love you, I care for you, I delight in you, I am not disappointed with you. I want you to dress all. If we have come to a wrong place, you know what he will say? What are you doing here? you will look at that beautiful line, not once but twice God said to Elijah, What are you doing here? We will look at that. But I want to end by saying this. We have a God who can send a storm, earthquake and fire and at the same time he can whisper. Who ends of a spectrum. God can showcase his great power and at the same time he can tenderly whisper. Jesus said this. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. John 10 verse 27 My sheep We are the sheep of God the sheep of His pasture. My sheep hear my voice. Brothers and sisters let's continue to hear His voice on a daily basis. Whether you're hearing a message, reading the Bible, spending quite time with Him or calling someone and encouraging them be sensitive to hear the voice of God you can't miss out on the whisper don't miss out on the whisper because he is jesus the lion of judah and the lamb of god amen sometimes it's so difficult to comprehend these things right how can he be the lion and the lamb that is who he is he is the lion of judah and at the same time he is the lamb of god that takes away the sins of the world look at the holy spirit he is the fire And yet he is a dove, as gentle as a dove and as powerful as a fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. Next Sunday is the day of Pentecost. The Spirit descended 2000 years ago in a room filled with 120 disciples and empowered them to transform the world. A dove, the spirit descended like a dove. My friends, God knows what we are going through. And he knows how to minister. He knows when to send the wind and when to whisper. He knows when to appear as a lion of Judah and when to appear as a lamb of God. He knows when to fall on you as fire and when to gently descend on you as a dove. What an amazing God we serve. A God who is incomprehensible, beyond understanding. We cannot comprehend him. And yet he is so amazing. Coming up next Sunday, we have seen how God showed Elijah, how he ministered to him. Now God is going to speak to Elijah. Three things He's going to say, which is going to transform Elijah from where he is to where he will be. Look forward to next Sunday. And you will be ministered the way God speaks to Elijah the same way God wants to speak to us in this crisis. I'm going to stop sharing the screen. I'm going to request Joshua, if he can just lead us into singing that song as I look into your voice, after which we will get into our breakout rooms. Thank you. God bless you. Even as I pray, Josh, get ready to sing that song. Father, we thank you Lord for this wonderful morning. We thank you for reminding us that you are a God who loves to sympathize with us. You are a God who feeds us, who provides for us. You are Jehovah Jireh, God my provider. I pray that each one of us will remember that, will know that. You are the one who delights in giving us rest, whether it is food or drink or sleep. You know our needs. As you refreshed Elijah physically, You refresh us physically, Lord. And above all, we know what an awesome God you are. You are El Shaddai, the God of power, the Almighty. The Almighty who whispers to us, wow. Lord, we cannot comprehend you. And yet we so delight that we know you. Truly, Lord, as we look into your holiness, as we gaze upon your loveliness, as all things that surround us become shadows, become shadows, become nothing in the light of you. Glory be to you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name. Amen.